0: At. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have
1: character. Casey and Sarah here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the first frontier. The two of us are mind-melding another episode of Enterprise. This is the first series watch through for me, and it's a rewatch for Casey. Today, we are processing the episode Fusion. This episode traveled over the airwaves, into your TV about 20 years ago on February 27th, 2002. If you haven't watched this episode yet and you don't want to be spoiled, go fire up Paramount Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, wherever you gotta go. Watch the episode, come back here, post haste, and join us chatting about Fusion. That's it. We hope you have enjoyed our non-warning spoiler warning.
0: Right on, let's get into it. But before Mm -hmm. we get into Fusion, we want to remind you that we want to hear from our listeners about everything Enterprise. So how can you get in touch with us Mm, to talk about enterprise? <laughs> Sarah, do you have ideas?
1: <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> there are a bunch of ways listeners can do that. Of course, you can go to trekgeekscom slash contact and leave an email to get us your thoughts on Twitter or Facebook. All you got to do is search for Discovering Trek and leave us a message there, too. Or you can leave us a voicemail by visiting our website at TrekGeeks.com and click on that big blue button. But remember, any comments you leave might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. How many voicemails do you think we get? I have no idea. I, I'd like to, I'd really like to hear some. So I think people should kind of get in on that because it'd be fun to add to, to some yeah, of these recordings. It'd be
0: nice to hear some keep voices clean, people put that to, you know, people's names. Yeah. They could keep it clean. They don't have to. Yeah. We can what always want. bleep them. Yeah. Sp- talking about bleeps. Do you have a better rhyme? Message us and give us your rhyme. (gasps) Oh, Maybe we should do a contest for season two. That listeners give us their rhyming recaps. Yes. I think we'll make something. See, I can read just barely, but I can read much better than I can rhyme. So, Mm -hmm. all y'all, you might be uh,
1: co-starring here. That would be wonderful. Bring Mm. it on! All right. Pie. Hi. Should we be talking I about pie? I, I know you're hungry.
0: Um, uh, <laughs> we we can. I, okay. I'm, I'm muting myself and devouring other food as we talk. But there we go. So, Sarah,
1: I gave this four slices of um, a slightly like two day old uh, strawberry rhubarb pie. I gotcha. That's okay. literally what's in my fridge right now is a, a strawberry rhubarb pie that's like it's been there for about two days. It'll still be good. We ran out of ice cream, so it's going to kind of be like a, ah, I'm just eating it to eat it. Should you eat it within the next couple of days? I'll eat it later today. Smart. I like
0: that idea. <laughs> right on. Um, yeah, I I give this a just barely four slices of pie. And this to me is like my grandmother's mincemeat pie that <sighs> when visiting, you kind of had to eat and she seemed to put raisins in everything. I never understood how why Nana did that, but it was just like real jello? Raisins. Steak? Raisins. Mashed potatoes? No, but other things. Coffee so, raisins. Right? So maybe she just I don't know, enjoyed them far too much. Okay. Well, since we're both kinda hmm. On this episode, what will lift everything up is once again, ladies and gentlemen, you getting to listen to a wonderful Sarah lyrical masterpiece.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's see how this goes because I haven't read it back in a couple of couple days, so I don't know <laughs> if my iambic pentameter is going to be on point, but I'll do my best. Archer shares an old book he got when just eight. Admiral Johnny Archer was his hope and his fate. A ship is now hailing. Vulcan language it speaks. It's a very old vessel with some cracks and some creaks. They seem a bit different, kind of off just a tad. The main guy is played by Captain Kirk's dad. They come aboard Enterprise to visit and eat. I'll try some of that chicken. I don't care that it's meat. It seems they are trying to live different ways by controlling emotions and enjoying their days. They believe that their way is as safe as can be but Topal thinks it different, and it's wary, they see. Trip makes a new friend, his misconceptions are whack, about meeting and the slaughter of that poor quarterback. Everyone seems to get along, and Paul learns a lot, but the Vulcans who stalk her, the, but the Vulcan who stalks her, controlled he is not. He says she has humor and can sense what she feels. So much time with the humans has her spinning her wheels. He says not to meditate, to see how she'll sleep chaotic jazz making out it sure seems to cut deep the admiral co- calls and a story he's fed the crewmen they've met's fathers near dead to paul is assaulted and rushes to flocks when the bad guy tries to leave archer's door he does block his anger is brutal the guy is a skeez so archer tells him it's beyond time to leave to paul is now meditating the candles are lit with respect archer tells her now i get it that's the episode, not a bad one at all, but naturally again, it was starring to Paul.
0: There you go. Amazing, spectacular rhyming.
1: Thank Woo! You.
0: I tell you. And,
1: uh, it was it was something. It was it was an episode. I feel as though um there's probably lots to be said about it, and that means we should maybe just uh as I say on rewind, pop and lock our way into the um the next segment of our show, which we like to call transporter thoughts.
0: Hmm? I hear you. I -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Um, wow. Right off the bat, we, we get another example of, uh, Archer's instincts stink Mm -hmm. so far. It's just flat out. Oh yeah. And he doesn't know what he doesn't know. There's just, um, this cockiness, and he has no accomplishments whatsoever in dealing with Vulcans or really knowing anything we're going and he behaves completely as if he does and then blows off the Paul completely. Doesn't listen to a word she's saying right off, right off the bat on this episode that, that irked me of again, really? Okay. Yeah. Mm.
1: It's, this is a great episode where it um, showcases the subtleties of toxic masculinity that people that people and women deal with in workplace scenarios where you are a subject matter expert you are good with your instincts women 's intuition or whatever you want to call it, and you are met with deaf ears or brushed aside, um, not trusted uh, for your mm. um, your ideas on it, and this is a very classic example of that to Paul is a Vulcan um, therefore she is a subject matter expert I believe on Vulcans at least more than he is <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, he forgets that uh, very much and is just absolutely dazzled and enamored by these these kribos um, some more than others obviously with the creep factor but yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that this, if I was, if I wrote this episode, first of all, I would never have written this episode, but if I, for some reason was told like, you have five minutes, fix one thing, I would have been, this is the episode where she loses her composure and lashes out at Archer, not the creepos, but like somebody else being like, listen to me, mm-hmm. crying out loud. Why am I here? If you're not going to take yeah. anything I say with a you know, seriously. But,
0: yeah. 100% this is this, I just keep going back to, you know, who's writing this, who's producing this and who's, you know, who's in charge. Do you have women high up in the chain no. on this series? And no, there isn't.
1: And yeah. And it's becoming even more, like, it's funny because as we spoke earlier with the, with the Patreon um, uh, stuff or even before that, just how you've, um, this one jacked you up a lot, and I made the comment of like I'm used to seeing this, so I'm a little bit more numb to these types of storylines, and that's one I'm very unfortunate. But it's it, you mentioning that has made me like look back on some of the episodes review, reviewed, and then looking ahead at episodes that I've I've recently watched. Yeah, this is such the two white guys writing the show Mm -hmm. and just tossing Mm -hmm. the female characters into Mm -hmm. really crappy situations, much like they did to Troy, Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of TNG episodes, she's always the victim and she's victimized. And, um, I'm frankly sick and tired of, um, male writers thinking that a woman needs to be victimized or raped in order to have her grow emotionally in any way in a story. Um, it seems to be a theme you see a lot in TV shows, whether it's Game of Thrones or, or other things, um, that you can't grow and become stronger unless you survive something horrible. And it's just not true. I hear you. This was, and, yeah. this
0: episode pissed me off in a it's, lot of ways.
1: It makes me think of the writers like hanging around like a freaking episode of Mad Men. And they're just like they got mm-hmm. a glass of whiskey, they got cigarettes, they're like, get the security get the secretary in here to bring me another notepad. I got a great idea for Tapal. And I'm just like, brf. That's I have this image of, of the writer yeah. of but I know that's mean and it's horrible to say because there's well, probably some really good ones in there that didn't have a chance to speak up or or whatever the case may be. But you know well, what I mean. It's just it could crazy. be, but I
0: I I concur with you. This this episode is it's you know. Completely rapey. It's, hey, damsel in distress. Someone else is going to have to rescue her. Um, the It's played dramatically. But like, hey, when, you know, when, when Trip has non-consensual sex, it's played as a comedy. So let's just, you know, oh, ha, 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 with him. And on this
1: one, it's just... It's very you know, disappointing. It's very disappointing, and and I and we just came off of reviewing the episode to where Malcolm thinks he's dying, and and they put mm-hmm. the Tapal in through that thing, and that was so badly done. Um,
0: yeah, it's they keep doing it. They,
1: they keep, keep doing and then, this and thread. they and they do it again in in an upcoming episode, which. I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but I I gave an episode. I think I was going to give it my first ever six out of six. But now that I'm thinking about it, I might dock off one because of the same thing popping up. Um, I'll have to debate about that. And we'll have a good conversation about that episode when we get to it. But, oh, enough.
0: Right. And in this episode, Sarah, like once again, an antagonist does something really nasty. Okay, so before we had First Officer Ryan on the Fortunate try and kill everybody, and now we have this with Rapey Vulcan Guy, and Archer does nothing the The standing up of him for his crew is get off my ship, and that's it. Yeah. I was like, if I'm a crew member with this going on, I start to have issues. Trusting that my captain is looking out for me the best way possible.
1: Yeah. Can you remind me what you're referring to with Tripp's non-consensual sex being played as a comedy?
0: When he goes over to the the other ship and they have like the food wall and they oh he gets pregnant yeah
1: yeah, yeah. And he gets
0: pregnant and it it's, yeah you know there's there's just very much
1: this comedy aspect of it yeah Mm. because if if uh, because he that could have been really they could have really dived into that of him being a victim because he was and his body was Mm -hmm. changed and violated in a way he didn't want um and had it happened to a female character it would have been definitely i yeah i hate that kind of um what's the word i'm looking for when they laugh off the things that happen to men Uh, if there's one joke i hate is the don't drop the soap I don't. I don't mm-hmm. care what you're in prison for. Nobody deserves to be um, raped, and I don't like that. That's a a, a string because that makes it hard for male victims to ever feel that they could come forward and be taken seriously. And so mm-hmm. this is just a minor version of that, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's very, very yeah. odd, odd storytelling decisions. It's the side of the times. Times have changed a little bit. You you see some writers working hard to change the conversation and some, obviously some don't movies still come out that are problematic and and people are learning, but at least it's, at least we can talk about this now. And, um, you know,
0: so what do you Mm -hmm. think about this? Like when this episode came out, I mean, You know, we're learning in this episode that the mind meld is an ancient thing that hasn't been done Mm a whole heck of a lot. And that's not explored at all. Not like, hey, we tried this mind meld and let's say it doesn't work properly. And there's real physical, emotional, psychological ramifications that have an effect on Paul, where it's like, you know, okay, and has an effect on Solaris trying to mind meld so, so that there's male and female victims here of something where we go, you know, our ancestors have tried to balance emotion and logic and haven't been able to do it. And even though you all have been on the ship for, I think it was about eight years or so, do, doesn't mean that it'll work or it'll work for everyone and then you have a different storyline and that's what i go well then you can just drop this whole damsel in distress bs type thing and have something deeper
1: i totally feel like that group of vulcans that were experimenting with this lifestyle would have been way more believable if for eight years they were living amongst society and being successful It's no different Mm. than going to like a fat camp or something like, yeah, I'm losing tons of weight because chef is making me eat healthy every single day and I'm being taken to a gym every single day. But you get out into the real world where you have to grocery shop and balance your own life and job. A lot of people have a hard time keeping Mm, up with these really good things. So these people living by themselves, yeah, sure. Of course they're finding success in this because it's just them, Mm. but get them into society. Are they actually able to function in a way that's appropriate and balanced and obviously not
0: Mm-hmm. and then how how successful are each one of these vulcans on the ship the captain i mean we we get a couple of scenes with him and then he disappears from the episode yeah and he's just gone mm-hmm. and then you know stuff with Kav and trip cough seems to be uh Really, I mean, making a connection with Trip. They, they I like we really talk. Yeah. Right? They yeah. talk with each other. They're mm. open about the misconceptions uh, about both humans and Vulcans. There's a back and forth between them that is really uh, open and inquisitive. <laughs> like there's questions, not instead of, you should do this, which is, you know, Polaris telling to Paul, it's like, no, you should do this. Kav, is, is checking in with Trip and ultimately it just is question after question after question, which goes, okay, there's this, you know, a sense of wonder there and inquisitiveness.
1: Yeah. Had they paired up to Paul and Kov in this episode, it would have been great.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I
1: think that he would have been a little bit more like, okay, I get it. I'm sensing the tone. You're not interested, but you know, hear me out. Like it was just not creepy and not pressure
0: yeah that mm-hmm. and that's where i kept going where you know finding people in the world that that ask questions as opposed to make statements yeah they're usually more open to really wanting to find out what's going on uh how how people are different how you know some of us are are the same but what things can we do and not do and change Um, just storytelling wise the 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 captain of that ship not being seen at the end i was kind of just flabbergasted on that because then i go did archer tell that other captain at all that one of his crew is is a rapey person and that has not at all got anything under control and now you're stuck with this person on on that ship
1: yeah, and, and considering the badass actor they got to play the role, you would have hoped to have seen a bit more of um Mr. Pine.
0: Right. It's Ooh. like okay, you know, he's he's off duty from chips. He comes in, <laughs> he puts some I I found his his makeup I thought was horrendous in the scene <laughs> where they're eating. It's like, "Oh, let's see where the the gray green line ends of the makeup and the ears are as like blend." Blend everything more. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You know what doesn't need to be blended? What? My love for fansets. Oh, tell me more. I will. Well, Sarah and Discovering Trek (laughs) listeners, we (laughs) want to thank our friends over at Fansets for being what? The exclusive sponsor on Discovering Trek. The Fansets crew are constantly working to put out the best product available and to come up with new designs and product releases. There are more wonderful new products out right this very moment. There's, of course, all the character pins, the Trek emoji pins, pins from all the Trek series, Delta pins and full size and minis, hack Picard pins, and, of course, a lot of really cool non Trek stuff like Scooby Doo, Xenoscope, Harry Potter character pins, and the Big Bang Theory. No way. Way. <laughs> There are hundreds of pins and accessories for at fansets.com. So right after listening to us, go on over to fansets.com, scroll along all the amazing pins that are offered, load up your cart, and enter the special code word "Discovering Truck in all caps, no spaces, please, at checkout for an amazing 10% off your entire order. And don't forget, if you're in the U.S. and spend more than $30, you'll also get free shipping.
1: Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Pansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network.
0: Nice. Nailed it.
1: (laughs) You did nail
0: it. (laughs) Well, since I'm starving to death because I haven't eaten for 17 hours.
1: You're making me hungry. I'm
0: I'm begging chef to have something, some nice aroma wafting through. Yeah the layers of the enterprise NXO one.
1: Well, you know, I think also we can probably make our chef special of the day uh, a quick conversation so that you can eat because also it seems like we've, I think the more that we talk about this episode, the more we're getting mad about it and we're going to start changing <laughs> our slices of pie because it is a problematic episode. And um, and it's got me thinking about episodes to come that we're going to talk about. And now I'm all like, oh man, I got <laughs> <I> to <gotta, laughs> turn I, off that. You know, I also watched the newest episode of Handmaid's Tale this morning. So naturally I'm jacked up on behalf of women everywhere, just <laughs> in general from that show. And then I watched an episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit. So it's just like, I'm <laughs> ready to... I'm ready to put oh, some streaks on my yeah. cheeks and get my weapons and just get out there and start wreaking havoc and protecting people left, right, and center. But TV, man. Right on. I need to watch some Disney today, I think, okay, to balance well, out. Okay, on
0: this, oh, you need some Paw Patrol. <laughs> As grandpa, I have seen a lot of Paw Patrol. <laughs> it's like, okay, dog, animated dogs, what's not to like? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So on this, hey, we kind of find out. So Paul has a little bit of a rebellious streak. Yeah. I liked seeing that and hearing about that. And it, for me, and I don't know if it's for you as well, but it starts explaining a little bit more of how she's able to be successful staying on a human ship when other Vulcans, you know, can't can't do a 10-day tour without saying, I want the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And that she um, doesn't just strictly follow the rules. Hearing about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an extremely cheesy flashback. And I don't know why it felt like it had to be like a 1920s speakeasy that she was like come on let's, like I'm so sick of that being such a uh, and he flashbacks to anything human it's always like the jazz music and you know, people people are doing funner stuff than that sometimes she should have walked herself into a hooters or something like that that would have been pretty funny oh <laughs> really get a glimpse of humanity you got your curly fries you got the poor guy getting sung to by all the waitresses <laughs>
0: like Oh
1: my god! I love Hooters. It
0: cracks me DePaul up. Paul comes back with Hooters gear. Oh my yeah. goodness! Totally. Uh, I, I, so I found part of it like with the jazz that it being like non-logical. Yeah. Um, the the very dreamy Vaseline lensed look <laughs> of everything. I I was just like, okay, this is this is oh, you know me. we're getting into Sybil Shepherd moonlighting type of <laughs> yeah, stuff. Willis so Willis everything's diff- yeah. Diffused way too much, um, but I, I like that she's like you know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna explore some stuff on oh, my yeah. own.
1: Yeah,
0: it was just cheesy. Thinking about that, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I. It looked like they had a part of the you know New York set mm-hmm. background set from somewhere and a couple of doors, and they said let's just throw steam up. Do it from high, you know, high angle, it'll look it'll look different enough. So we'll know where when they're in dreamland and and that'll be fine. We'll go from there. Um I was also thinking on this, and we did touch about it before, of wouldn't more communications between civilians of different cultures and different planets be an excellent way to improve relations and/or learn about each other instead of it going through, I mean, Starfleet, you know, military. Um, I've personally learned a lot from meeting other people and and visiting where they are and being civilians and seeing what they do for a living, what goes on with their lives. Sometimes it's like, hey, the job that I do doesn't matter. What it does is it, it pays for me to be able to spend time with my family and to yeah. be able to do these things that we consider important. And for, for a civilian Vulcan ship, how about, you know, um, what, I think, were there eight people on that ship, maybe? I think that was, I mean, it was something, I can't remember. It looked relatively of a large ship. But, okay, so we meet, we meet three. Mm-hmm. And, boy, I would thought on something like that, Archer would have said, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're gonna have, we can have dinners. It's gonna be three or four days that you're here. We can have a dinner every night in the mess hall. Your crew can come over and whoever wants to meet and greet and and talk with humans, we can all just sit down and, and have some discussions. That'd be kind of
1: cool, but yeah, it makes me think of that old TNG episode where those aliens came aboard and there was one that was there to learn about pleasurable things and was like eating all the chocolate with Troy. And then there was the one that wanted to know about like security and combat. And they were kind of given their hosts a bit of a, given them the gears, but it was all in the fact of like, we all had a desire to learn different aspects of your life. And so we came aboard and did all those things and it made for a really good episode and kind of a fun way to approach that type of thing.
0: Yeah, that would be wonderful. And, you know, quick last thing in Chef's special of the day Um, Archer needs to learn. He needs to listen and listen to people who have much more knowledge than he does. And this whole, you know, thinking with my gut thing is is BS. He needs to get over himself. He needs to, to do that and allow people to share what they know. And maybe he needs to be studying, you know, the Vulcan database a lot more than he is. He keeps going from his little computer to his file cabinet with look at the little file cards and coming back. It's like, Hey, what do you, if you've got this time, study up. And then you could go to, to Paul and say, Hey, I've been reading about this. Can you tell me more? Or a mm-hmm. firsthand experience type stuff and i think we'd get a a better better captain frankly
1: yeah i agree and i i don't disagree but i don't know how to word it in the sense that now that the episode now that i'm further into this first season and i'm enjoying the fact that part of his behavior is becoming warranted because we are seeing some shady stuff from a lot of the vulcans and so i can understand his frustration of like how am I supposed to do my job when you guys are keeping stuff from us? Like that part I understand, mm-hmm. but there's just a better way of doing it too. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear it yeah. Well,
0: gosh, that that closes
1: up. That does it.
0: This episode.
1: Yeah. See ya episode. Probably won't watch that one ever again.
0: Nope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we finished our plates of slop and that concludes our coverage on this episode fusion. We will be back next time to discuss rogue planet as we continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary year of enterprise god can you believe it 20 years until then remember you can subscribe to discovering trek by searching for us on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts or by heading to dot you can find us on twitter at at discovering trek um i know i'm on there at rewind and you can find us too again as we said earlier just do a search on facebook and you'll get everything you need
0: There you go. Well, y'all who are listening, if you're enjoying what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you can get access to the unedited recordings of episodes, as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards, like our annual supporters pins from fansets, our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt, and other goodies that might be coming around the pike soon. We'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. Thank you all for your support. Producers are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonagall, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jimmy Rogers, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther and Jess Vashon. The senior producer of Discovering Trek is Jude Tapman.
1: Yeah, it is. If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Do not meditating Vulcan's dream of electric sheep? Who knows? Until next time to be music for discovering trek is provided by five-year mission they're writing an original song for each episode of star trek hear more of their music at 5 discovering trek is a production of coconut media works executive producers bill smith and dan davidson for more great star trek discussion discover the other shows of the trek geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in apple podcasts spotify or your favorite podcast app